Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Home Away From Dome, focused on Under the Domes in the Dark, which is also Season 2, Episode 6 of their show. Uh, yeah, this is the one that I've been waiting for for a long time. Uh, there's a lot that happens in this episode and we're going to go through it all, so let's dive in. Home. Away. From. Dome. So... A lot happens on this episode. Um, sort of four main storylines, so I'm going to try and break them down and go through them piece by piece. Uh, but I'm going to go through my favorite one first, and that's sort of our C plot line. Uh, so, uh, Big Jim, of course. Uh, the town is still a little bit upset with him. Uh, you know, he did try and murder them all, or 25% of them. It is an important distinction. Uh, and, you know, he, he was doing what he thought was best for the town, so... You know, he can't get too mad at him. Um, but he, he doesn't have the town's trust anymore, so he's talking to Julia. And you and I both know whose town this is. Julia's trying to be all democratic, and she's like... It's not yours. It's not mine. And the first thing I'm going to do is give it back to them. Voting. These people are entitled to a say in what happens to them. Well, who, who elected you, Julia? <laughs> where, where was that vote? Like, it's nice that she wants to vote now, but it's like... I don't, I don't get how she got into power. But anyway, so Big Jim's still getting used to not being the big man in town. So after Julia doesn't agree to do what he wants, he goes and talks to Barbie. And Barbie's like, Last I heard, voting was a right. Well, tell her it's a bad idea. She won't listen to me. That's a wise woman. Look, Barbie, you and I have been on the same side when it counts. Barbie doesn't bring this up, but Big Jim did try and murder him like a week ago and like did a big manhunt, killed a few people. Um... But Barbie's more just sort of peeved that, like, he told Julia that Barbie was down for the uh, population control. And he's like... Hey, Jim, who told Julia that I was in on this whole extermination plan? See, every time I have given you the benefit of the doubt, it bites me in the ass. Just drives off. Uh, While all this is going on, it's getting dusty. I guess it hasn't rained in a few days, even though it has rained under the dome and, like... There was blood rain like a week ago, but apparently it's getting really dusty. The acidity in the red rain must have fried the topsoil. The dust bowl has formed. It is a real bowl because there's a dome over the town. And if it keeps getting more dusty, uh, it's going to eventually uh, cover the entire dome and no air will be able to get through the sand. Yeah, well, it's blowing around everywhere and coating everything, including the inside of the dome. Which is semi-permeable. If the dome walls get clogged, no air is going to be able to get in. And then we suffocate. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, personally. I feel like air, if it can get through the dome, it can probably get through the dome plus sand. But whatever. The dome also never really took me as something that sand would stick to, but, you know, whatever. It's pretty magical. Air and water can go through it, but people can't. It's impossible. But <laughs> Anyway, so Big Jim, you know, he talks to Rebecca, and Rebecca's like, well, maybe we could beat it with a windmill and a fire hose. Mist dispersal. Get water into the air as quickly as possible to ground the dust. Fire hose, fan, uh, a giant windmill, maybe. I had the kids working on some, but I had to put it on the back burner. You still have all the materials, though. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, they, uh, I'll, I'll get into it in a minute. Big Jim goes to the diner where the whole town is. Uh, side note, 
during all of these emergencies, everybody goes to the town, like, diner to chill. But it's also like, why? Why would they go there? Like, they did this during the blood rain. And it, that sort of made sense because they were there filling out the census. But then, side note, why did they go to the diner to fill out the census? Um, but in this episode, they're at the diner. And the Dust Bowl kicks up. And I guess everybody drove over there. Like, I, the whole town seems to be there. Like, if there was a Dust Bowl and I was worried about breathing and stuff, I would just stay home. But that's just me. Anyway, the whole town's there. And Jim's like, Those walls are already plugging up. No air is going to be able to get through. And if we don't act now, we're all going to choke to death. If, if you guys if you guys want to help me, we can build a windmill and I'll spray a hose through it and that should stop the dust storm. Now, um, oh, I don't remember her name. Let's just call her Andrea. Uh, the woman from last week who likes Julia and had an entire town's worth of food in her basement. She's like, What's in the water, Jim? Another virus? You know what? Fair. Uh, but Jim's like, Do you think I made that decision lightly? I put my own life at risk, my son's life at risk. I'm just trying like hell to get us through this thing somehow. But I guess I'm not supposed to give orders anymore. That's apparently not my place. All those in favor of the misdispersal system doing something instead of nothing, raise your hand. Everyone in favor of Jim shutting up while we wait the storm out. You know, the whole town basically votes for Jim to shut up and they're just going to sit there and die. Uh, except for Ben. Ben the skater boy votes in favor of Big Jim. Um, and then weirdly, when the vote doesn't pass, obviously, and they all decide to just sit there and do nothing, Ben leaves to go skating um, in a very, like, U.S. post office. No rain, no shine can stop me. Where are you going? Neither wind, nor rain, nor creepy as dust. Decides to just go skating. As we realize in this episode, he's asthmatic, so it's a horrible idea. Uh, he goes out, comes back, he looks like he's about to die. Benny, what is it, hon? You can't breathe! Uh, they try and give him water. Uh, just makes him cement in his lungs. <laughs> so Big Jim gets him his uh, inhaler and he's fine. And the town's like, okay, let's revote. Let's do it. So, they off screen or maybe rebecca already built it it's, it's sort of unclear but they have assembled a big a big pinwheel made of street signs they all wear masks once again very futuristic this show but they all go out in the in the sandstorm they hoist the pin the mad mask mad max looking uh pinwheel fan up and it starts spinning because it's so windy. And then they blast a fire hose through it. Uh, and the wheel is spinning so fast that it disperses the hose into like a fine mist. And that solves it. And I'm not exaggerating when I say in about 10 seconds the dust storm has ended. Doesn't even seem like it's windy anymore. The dust cleared up. Yeah. <laughs> there's no wind. There's no dust. Uh, a brief uh humidity has defeated the dust storm and i'm just gonna say this again it rained an episode or two ago <laughs> but whatever uh yeah so big jim is the big hero again uh the episode ends with uh big jim being like man honestly it's a relief just to lend a hand i think we all have something to be proud of today right andrea's like the real question is where's julia been all day well, I heard that Barbie got in some kind of trouble over at the high school. She decided to help him and instead of pitching in with us. Put her man ahead of the town. Andrea's like, oh, oh, maybe I picked the wrong leader, you know? 
giving off that sort of vibes. So it took an episode, but Big Jim has won back the faith of the town uh, by saving them from um, an, an act of God, really, uh, just by using a fire hose. So big ups to Big Jim in this episode. And of course, that's what I want to talk about for Toronto. How would Toronto deal with a dust storm inside the dome? Well, I think it's pretty clear what we'd have to do. We'd have to just construct a big fan and then get a big hose. Uh, now the question is, where would we? How big of a fan do we want? Like we have some big buildings in Toronto. We could put it on the CN Tower. We could put it on like a smaller, large-scale building. Um, I'm sort of leaning towards the CN Tower. I think that would be pretty, pretty cool. Um, we'll obviously take all of our uh, billboards in town and glue them together to make a big uh, pinwheel. Uh, now the only question is, how are we going to get water blasted that high up? Um, I, I don't know if we'd have a hose that big. That's actually a great question. If the CN Tower were to catch on fire, what would the fire department do? I think I'm going to go down on a limb and say that somewhere in the GTA, we probably have one of those planes that can drop water on forest fires. And maybe we could fly it over the CN Tower drop the water onto a fan that's attached to the CN Tower, and that could do the same thing. Although, I'll be honest, the amount of water they needed to stop it, we could probably just tell everybody to pour a glass out their window at the same time, and we'd fix things. Um, this is ignoring the fact that we don't have a lot of dust to create a dust bowl, because, to be honest, I think the show did that as well. So, <laughs> so I think... For the disaster of the week, because this is this is the epitome of season two, by the way. The, the, it's disaster of the week in the C plot line. Like almost none of our main characters even care that this is going on. Like Joe and his pals go out on the lake and just chill there. They didn't have a lot of dust there too, but anyway, wild wild episode. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's something that we can solve as a community. And I honestly think it would be pretty cool. Like. A lot of cities, they try and make their skyline uh, unique. And Toronto already has a pretty good one with the Sky Dome and the CN Tower. Um, but I think if we had a big, like, you know, windmill coming out of the CN Tower, I think that would make a, I don't know, I'd buy some, like, magnets for my fridge or something like that. It'd be pretty cool. Okay, that is the C plot line. I don't even think I looked at my notes. It's just burned into my memory. The, to me, like this is the episode that made me want to record the podcast. It's because I remembered this scene, and honestly, I've been a little bit worried that I misremembered it or some details of how stupid it was. But uh, luckily, it seems like I didn't. <laughs> Maybe Lindsay can correct me if I got anything wrong. Okay, let's go to the main plot line. So, what do they mean when they say in the dark? Well, Junior and Sam, you'll remember last episode, we were looking down a hole coming out of a locker. So they went in, obviously. Uh, Barbie showed up eventually. Uh, Junior was in a real rush, like he thought he could catch Lyle. Meanwhile, Lyle probably had like days of a head start at this point. But they all leap in with very little planning. Junior eventually hits a trip line, uh, and they basically Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets themselves, uh, where... Junior is stuck on one side and he has to go home and like do his own shit. And then Sam and Barbie are stuck deeper in the tunnels and they just start exploring, looking for Lyle or something. Um, 
Sam saved Barbie for what it's worth. Like Barbie could have died under the rocks and Sam did one of those get out of the way dives. So he's not, a, he's not all bad. Like, you know, he murdered Angie most likely, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so the tripwire set off a bomb that caused the cave-in. Uh, Sam's just like- I think Lyle did this. The town barber makes bombs? He's always been a crafty guy, and he's gone crazier than a rat in a jar since the dome came down. Yeah, real crafty. Like, Lyle is a menace to society. And he's basically like a Sweeney Todd type figure, like a demonic barber. But anyway, Lyle doesn't show up in this episode. I got psyched for him because he was in a bunch of the uh, intro, like, last time episode stuff. But he's just talked about here. Uh, The tunnel, of course, is magical. Um, You know, they go left. Barbie goes left, Sam goes right, and they show up in the same spot. Uh, Barbie probably says that about eight times. Um, eight might be a bit much. It'd be great to have a super cut here, though. You go left, I go right, and cover more ground. I thought we are trying to cover more ground. We are. But then you double back and you follow me. What are you talking about? I went right. How did you get in front of me? I, I, I went left. Hey, you know what? Maybe you went right back there. Got out that way. I told you, I went right. It brought me back to you. You're sure you went right back there? How could I go left and you go right? Somehow we both end up in the same place. But yeah, uh, they keep walking and eventually there's a huge, there's a magical cliff in the tunnel. And it's like, I don't know. It's like a tunnel, probably like, I don't know, 30 feet underground, but the cliff is like a thousand feet deep. So... Uh, they just sort of hang out there, uh, and they notice that Lyle left his uh, la- uh, lantern right by the cliff, so they're thinking, did Lyle jump and uh, kill himself or something? It's also bottomless from what they can tell, so maybe he's still falling. <laughs> Who knows? Um, the fun thing is about this dynamic is, of course, that they are both murderers, uh, Barbie and uh, Sam. Barbie actually talks about how he's killed many people. Would you kill a lot of people given the way things are going i know it's gonna happen again i don't know if we're supposed to assume that's from the military or just from his hobbies um but it's a bit tense honestly uh eventually sam sort of breaks because barbie knows sam's suspicious he knows that melanie knew him as a child and therefore sam should have known melanie uh and so as we get some details from sam about what happened that night uh he says that melanie picked up the egg uh, the egg started screaming because it's the worst. Uh, Pauline was like, ah, it's, it's hurting me. And so they were like, give us the egg. And Melanie's like, no, I have to protect the egg. So Lyle shoved her. I'm sure Sam shoved her. And he's just blaming Lyle, but whatever. Uh, Lyle shoved her and she died. Now, I don't know. I, I thought Barbie was being pretty hard on Sam because, like, the way Melanie described it, it was pretty clear that it was an accidental death. Like, you don't shove somebody and expect them to die, or else Joe would, uh, Joe and Nori and Melody would be on death's row for attempted murder. But uh, whatever, Sam is sketchy. Uh, not disagreeing with that. Um, Sam, on the topic of Sam being sketchy, also calls uh, Melody the love of his life. Don't do that, especially when she's still sixteen and you're like fifty. I left the love of my life in a hole, like garbage. Don't call her the love of your life. <laughs> I don't know how old he is. He's probably only 40. So it's okay. What is, what is, what is the math? It's uh, your age divided by 2 plus 7. So 16, 27, same thing. 
Um, they just keep chilling on the cliff. Like it, it. They're both pretty beaten up, but they look like in a movie when like you're out of oxygen and you're just lying there waiting to die. But like they have a whole cave system that they could explore, and, and even if they wanted to give up, they're like they could just walk back where they came from. Like the cavern is just a bunch of rocks. I don't think it's ridiculous to think that people will could move the rocks out of the way, but they just chill in the cave, uh, waiting to die. Basically, Sam gets really casual, and to the to the point where Barbie can see the scars on his shirt uh, that are like way under his shirt on his chest. I guess like Sam was sort of just unbuttoning himself or something. Uh, Barbie, of course, realizes Sam murdered Angie. Those are defensive wounds from fingernails. Angie was a fighter. Barbie, you killed her, Sam. Sam, Sam then very weirdly gives his um, his uh, motivations. So he doesn't want to kill the the children of the dome, but he has to because he wants to save everyone. And then once he kills them, he's going to kill himself. You killed the 19-year-old girl that your nephew loved! I had to! It's a sacrifice I have to make to save everyone! You would even kill Junior. At some point, I'll have to! I'll finish it! Then, I will kill myself. Or you can kill me. Hell, I'll thank you for it. So, it's not even like he needs to get out of the dome. He just has to save everyone. And if you... Sam doesn't really seem to me like the type of character who cares a lot about other people. He's a hermit who has zero close personal connections and hasn't for what seems like years. Um, I just assumed he wanted to get out of the dome, but he wants to kill himself immediately after killing all of the children. So it seems very odd why he... I, I don't get his thought process at all. Anyway, eventually he realizes Barbie's going to arrest him. I'm taking you in, and your justice is going to be whatever Junior does to you once he finds out. So he jumps off the bottomless cliff, uh, and Barbie's like, damn. <laughs> Actually, what did he say? He's gone. Gone? Gone for good? We'll have to see. It'd be a real shame if it was gone. It'd be a real shame if we didn't have a tag quote, though. That would be a real shame. Let me ask you something. Uh-huh. Do you believe there's one perfect person for everyone? I'm starting to. And if that person's already in your life, you should do something about it, right? Yes, hell yes. All right then, it's settled. Okay. I'm getting back together with my ex-girlfriend. Melanie. All right, um, tied in with that is, of course, the D plot line. So, uh, Rebecca, of course, was at the school when everybody went in. Julia was there too, and Big Jim. Uh, there was the cave-in, Junior comes out, and they all just sort of hang around talking about the Dust Bowl. Big Jim goes to solve the town's problem, while Julia and Rebecca stay to try and get Barbie and Sam out, because Julia's like, those are both of my men right there. That's my safety net, <laughs> my safety man and my actual man, so we need to get them out of there. They spend a while, um... Actually, I don't even know what they were doing. I don't know. Rebecca talks about how she was a civil engineer. I'm a teacher in Chester's Mill. I'm not an engineer for Lockheed. They were looking at ways into the cement factory, but of course they're not going there because it's not season one. Um, Rebecca explains that she she's only here because her dad died and otherwise she would have went to Cornell and left this backwater town. Um, yeah, they decide to blow it up. All that matters right now is there's no other way down there. And no way to rescue Barbie and Sam that we know of. Unless we blast the blockage. And if they're pinned by debris, they get blasted too. 
Junior said he yelled at them. We can tell them not to stand next to the thing we're gonna blow up. You got a better idea? Um, I would have just tried to bring in a bunch of people and dig them out. It didn't seem like that many rocks. Uh, but they decide to blow it up. Why not? Uh, Rebecca and... Rebecca's not... So Lyle the barber is not the only person in town able to make bombs on demand. Rebecca makes some and they... Uh, they <laughs> it's this fun series of events where they, they don't know if Sam and, uh, and Barbie are on the other side of the rocks. So they're yelling at him. They're like, guys, move away. And then they, then like five minutes go by, and then they blow it up. So it's like, better hope they didn't walk towards it. But anyway, they blow up the opening. It's a pretty boring plot line, honestly. Um, it's very much the D plot. I think they just needed Julia to do something. Plus, it sort of solidifies that Rebecca has turned a corner, and she is now working for Team Good Guy. Okay. The B plot line. So... The children of the dome so as we left it last week uh things were tough nori was just getting totally humiliated by her boyfriend joe uh melanie was uh you know kissing joe and still trying she doesn't even know who she is and junior was almost getting smothered to death with a pillow so in this uh, episode so it starts off melanie of course uh she conf- she talks to her mom julia <laughs> Not actually her mom, but it really feels like it. And she's like... I kissed Joe. I know. I just wanted to feel normal for a minute. Melanie, you are normal. I died. Nothing about me is normal. Why am I even here? Because I'm connected to some egg? No one even knows where it is. She says weirdly, like, if we knew where the egg was, that would solve everything. Whatever happened to your blood? Weren't we going to find out stuff from your blood from Rebecca? Sort of moved on past that one. Uh, Luckily, Julia knows where the egg is. She's like, oh, I put it in a lake. Why? I don't know. Why'd the dome want that there? I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't want it there anymore. But, yeah. Um, With uh, Joe and Nori, this this is a fun dynamic. So, uh, Joe is, of course, just repeatedly saying, I love you to Nori. And Nori's like, well, too bad. I don't love you because you're an asshole. Joe gets fed up. And Joe is like, Why should I stay here then? Big Jim's not my family. Or Carolyn. If you don't love me, then why would you want me around here? Right? Right. Uh, And so he runs away. Flipping the fact that, like, Nori is so isolated in this town. Joe knows everybody in town. He has, like, a bunch of friends. Like, people like hanging out with Joe. Uh, Meanwhile, Nori has her mom. Like, Big Jim isn't her family either. (laughs) But, um... Joe runs out and has a hissy fit. Um, <laughs> I had my notes that Carolyn must be heartbroken because I do think she enjoyed hanging out with Joe more than her own daughter. Um, she, she she was in it more for her wife than Nori. <laughs> um, Junior and Melanie eventually meet up. Um, I, I guess Melanie was also at the school uh, when when Junior emerged from the tunnel. Uh, they're, they're trying to find the four hands because... Who knows, Lyle might not be in the tunnel and he might be just chilling in town waiting to murder them. So they got to go warn people. Uh, and Melanie loops Junior in off screen that like she knew his mom and Sam and she's like dead and re- re- came back from the dead. But whatever. Um, they get all dusty because they're outside. That's that's about how much overlap the dust has with their storyline. 
Uh, Melanie sees a painting from Pauline, instantly knows it's from Pauline because Pauline has a horrible art style that apparently hasn't matured in the past, like, 20 years. Um, I'll never get over that art style, but whatever. Um, she talks about how uh, Pauline was the greatest friend she had and how much she loved her and all that. Um, and then she sort of starts seducing Junior, uh, or the other way around. But it, it felt like a weird thing, like, I'll make it up to you, Pauline, by dating your son. Just, <laughs> you know what, who knows, maybe that'll work. Um, Nori comes down and, you know, she's got her usual sass, she's like... Do you hit on literally everyone? I wasn't... Don't answer, it was rhetorical. Nori, why are you crying? Where's Joe? Gone. Gone where? We have to find Joe. Cut to Joe. I don't know where Joe is. It, it, it sort of looks like Joe has created his own house, uh, or has stolen somebody's house, and he put up a bunch of pictures that his sister had up in their fireplace, um, of postcards and such. Uh, and then he has his, like, Oscar moment and goes ballistic and knocks it all down, and the Junior and the other hands come in, they're like, Oh, thank God, you idiot! We were worried about you. We looked all over. Yeah, I can take care of myself. They tell him Lyle's gonna kill them, uh, or that Lyle killed Angie, and then he's like, Maybe I should thank him then. What? Angie's out now. Maybe that's the only way any of us are gonna get out. <laughs> I don't know. He really hates being under this dome. I don't know how much it's affected his life on a day-to-day -day basis. I doubt he left town that often, but whatever. Maybe he doesn't like going to school. Maybe he doesn't like not going to school. Um, Junior had a line that I really liked where they were trying to figure out what to do, and he was like, Angie would want me to keep you all safe. And once again, Junior has no idea what Angie wants. The idea that if Angie was gone, she'd leave Joe and Nori in Junior's protection is just hilarious. Like, she probably... Her last words would have been, protect Joe from Junior, or something like that. But the thing is, she's not here anymore. So, like, we see her through Junior's lens, and it's it's uh, it's a really interesting dynamic that they don't really talk about. Anyway, uh, they, they, they eventually go... No. Angie would have wanted answers. She wouldn't have stopped till she got him. They called her Answer G. <laughs> or Angie, for short. Uh, so they all get on a boat. So what now? The egg knows we're here. I can feel it. It's like it's waiting. Maybe we have to do something together. Like when Angie was here, and we all touched the mini-dome? Melanie was one of the original four hands. Maybe she still counts. So Angie's replaceable? No one's replacing your sister. But Marie's right. I don't hear any other ideas. They all put their hands together like they're gonna go. Three, two, one, team. Uh, and it makes an egg float up from the bottom of the lake. It's working. Yeah. They all look at the egg when they get home. Pink stars start falling in lines. Pink stars. Like we saw before. We see the zenith tower once more. I saw that in my dream. I've seen it too. It's in my hometown. Zenith. Hammering you over the head that zenith is a town and has a tower. And Melanie was there and Junior was there. And Barbie grew up there. Uh, what does it mean? I think that's what Joe says as the scene ends. What does it mean? Also, the, the moral of this episode was that Nori uh, sort of flipped out when her mom died, and Joe didn't have a chance to do that earlier with Angie. I'm sorry. For what? For not giving you a break like you gave me after my mom died. I'm sorry I ever made you feel like I didn't love you. I love you too. As an aside, Joe did have a chance to do this. He was flipping out. He was really, he was ready to kill people, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, also, I just like the idea of um, 
Joe kissing Melanie and then Nori comes in and he goes like, we were on a break. He's like very Ross Geller. Anyway, that's that's the episode. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Um, I'm hoping we'll get some Zenith uh, plot lines soon. Um, I wonder how we're going to get to Zenith when there's still a dome over the entire town. I didn't bring this up, but Barbie was talking about in the magic tunnels. Uh, he didn't really understand where they were because by the amount of distance they traveled, they should have hit the dome by then. I mean, given how far we just walked, we should have hit the dome wall by now. Maybe the dome doesn't come down this far. Except that everything we know about it says that it does. But also, he went left, Sam went right, and they ended up in the same place, so who knows. Anyway, uh, that, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, always enjoy doing this and um big thanks to anybody listening means a lot <laughs> sorry and I'm, I'm uh i'm doing a youtube channel now and you're it's very much uh hammered in the idea of thanking my uh uh listeners um but yeah anyway uh thank you for uh listening <laughs> anyway signing off from chester's mill bye you know it you hopefully love it Here's out of context clips. I think you go out that way. You go out forever. How many different ways do you know to kill someone? Well, it's how I apply it that counts. You know what, man? I'm sick of you calling me a liar. You praying? No, but I hope to God this works. This thing must be deep as hell. Can you not blow us up before we save them? Yeah, I'm trying. I don't like you hanging around Julia because I think you're shady as hell. Is there a brain under that hair? You killed Melanie. Don't tell me what I did. Thanks for listening. Bye.